I'm not saying I don't want a Gran Turismo movie. I'm just saying if we're going to make adaptations of PS1 games, I'd much rather have Parappa the Rapper. Parappa the Rapper? Yeah. The little dog thing that yeah. can rap? the Dances of the Lemon, yeah. How would... How would Parappa the Rapper go? Where's the where's the story in that? Uh, it's just eight mile. There you go. <laughs> I once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery. Having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarlane. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name's Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the show where two best friends with mental health issues talk about films in a desperate attempt to thinly veil the self-analysis they should be doing and instead do movie analysis. Uh, it's, Yay! it's always fun, you know. Um, but in the spirit of that, Ben, I feel like before we get to what we're doing, I should ask a more important thing, which is you're my best mate. You and I both struggle. How are you doing? Oh, thanks, buddy. I'm doing good, man. Yeah? I finished my work yesterday. I'm I'm officially out of my last job. All done and dusted. Ooh, scary, yeah. Yeah, fucking terrifying. But, you know, it's fine. Yep. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I need some sleep. Mm-hmm. I need a multivitamin. Flintstones. A Flintstones vitamin. Get them in me. Yeah, yeah. I think I need, like, a solid week to just watch 1970s exploitation cinema because it's been mm-hmm. far too long since I've devoted enough time to 70s movies. You've found a new obsession, haven't you? I've I've literally, I, over the last three weeks, I think I've got about yeah. 55 new yeah, yeah, yeah. 1970s exploitation yeah, yeah. movies, so you, and I'm, I need to burn through them. So you've picked your new autistic special interest. Hyper-focus. You're just going to rain man your way through Pam Greer, yeah? <laughs> I'm going to rain man my way through Pam Greer. Nice. That's the best fucking way of phrasing that thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> How about you, buddy? What's going on? Uh, well, regular listeners will know my life is currently on fire in such a way that I can't share the fire. I can't I can't say. I'm sorry, buddy. It will hopefully be resolved at some point. Um, in the meantime, yeah. I'm looking forward to running away from all of my problems and life in... A lovely little bit of escapism uh, called Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo! You say it with so much more enthusiasm than me. I'm like, Gran Turismo. <laughs> yes, buddy. I'm going to tell you why as well, man. I've got, a, I've got a whole overarching theory. Right. Not just for this film. Oh, wow. For Neil Blomkamp as a director. Because obviously we've done every Neil Blomkamp movie. We have, him. yeah, yeah. Today, though, buddy, it is Gran Turismo. It's the series finale on Neil Blomkamp. Are you saying Gran Turismo is the grand finale? Yeah, buddy. Oh, it's almost like we planned it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We didn't. No, we, we did. Blomkamp did. It's we just didn't. another reason to love Blomkamp, helping us out. Oh, okay. In his forward thinking, you know what I mean. I'm beginning to get a sense of how you watched this film. I did. I watched it from pure mm. fanboy perspective. Of course. And what I want to ask you, Rob. Yeah. What I want to ask you, Rob, is. Does Gran Turismo mm. forgive Neil Blomkamp for demonic? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, 
But okay, if demonic is if demonic is the the building that came down on top of Neil Blomkamp, right, mm-hmm. ruining the beautiful palace of yeah. talent that I thought was there. Sure, Gran Turismo is the little shaft of light I can hear a voice through. Okay, I, so uh, it's okay. not it's not okay. a return to form. Okay, but it's hope that there might one day be something there you know well for me buddy this is the phoenix rising from the ashes this is demonic <laughs> demonic was like a six for me i i really dug deep to try and enjoy it and i found some nuggets of joy in there you know what i mean yeah yeah. i had to fucking dig deep on it mm-hmm. don't be wrong <laughs> like most of my viewing experience was like fucking, yeah yeah where is it <laughs> where is it yeah come on you, you um, were clawing frozen potatoes out of the out of the ice cold earth with your bare fingers and you were like mmm chips yeah. <laughs> yay chips that's that's incredible yeah that's exactly what that film was for me but 2023 neil blomkamp's re-entry to the big leagues mm-hmm. we've got big name actors we've got big money we do 60 million budget you'd think sony would give him more but then you watch demonic and you go no 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 they gave him too much <laughs> see this is the thing man i think <laughs> a that's very mean and i won't have a bad word said about blomkamp i fucking adore him mm-hmm. in my mind we're best friends none taken in his mind he doesn't know i exist <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly oh now i know why you're being me yeah now i get it okay okay, okay. friendly well it <laughs> let me let me rephrase okay in my mind yeah Blomkamp is my second best friend. Okay, wait, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is his now redemption arc, This is his redemption yeah, right? <laughs> He's never made a better film. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> I fucking love you, but you're a dick. Right, this made $121 million at the box office. Doubled his money. Doubled his money. Yep. Okay, so he's back on form, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into it, it's fine. Rounding out our Neil Blomkamp story so far... Because obviously he's going to continue to make movies. I fucking hope it's sooner rather than later. We're going to go into what does his filmography mean to us? What has Gran Turismo done for video game movies in 2023? And the most important question is, I need to know whether you can finally forgive him from Demonic. But we're going to come back to it after we've spoken about it, because that's going to be that's going to be my argument. Okay, this episode. All right, I'm going to try and I'm going to fight a case for you to forgive him. I love the fact that you're playing mediator between me and Hollywood director Neil Blomkamp. Like he and I are going through a divorce because you are right. No, 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 you no, are no. right. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're both my best friends. I love you both. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm trying to mediate a way through this. This sort Fine. of like naughty, naughty divorce. When did you see this film, Ben? I saw this this year. Funny at Funny a that. not before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I watched it in 2007. Mate. This year at a preview screening. Right. I went into it. I was. I. I had no expectations. I was literally like, uh-huh. it's a fucking video game movie. Yeah. I kind of expected Uwe Ball if he had a big budget and knew how to make movies. Yeah, okay. And that excited me. You know what I mean? Like, I am an unashamed Uwe Ball fan. Yeah, yeah. I think his movies are terrible. I think he knows that his movies are terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. I also think he knows how to exploit a tax loophole in Germany, which is nothing but respect. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, course, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Own your shit. I'm here for it. <laughs> so that's what I was expecting. But what I got, mate, was a surprisingly touching redemption story mm. told from two perspectives with a little bit of like um oversold family yeah drama yeah, yeah. the family in so- the midst i think the family drama tried to be surprisingly touching but it ended up being surprisingly touching in a kind of uncle terry way 
You know what I mean? Kind of. Like, it's always Uncle Terry, man. Some, we need to talk after this. Like, we need to sit down and have a chat about Terry. Just saying surprisingly touching can be mishandled. Yeah. How about you? I watched it literally yesterday for this. Okay. No, I, I, <laughs> I've watched it twice, okay? Okay. The first time I watched it, there were bits I loved and bits I hated. Okay. What I found on the second watch was the bits I loved I was less impressed by and the bits I hated I minded less. Okay. Like, I, it started out really polarizing where there were bits that I thought were incredible and bits that I thought were pure dog shit. Right. And then I watched it a second time and I'm like, ugh, it's neither genius or dog shit. It's a, it's a down the middle movie. Okay. I did not want to watch this film at all. Do you know what I mean? It's a. I know you did. It's an advert. It's an advert for a Sony PlayStation game. Okay. And I think he's done well to make a film in spite of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but for the benefit of those, uh, I mean, I think you and three people saw this. They just saw it regularly. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, right? <laughs> right. I, the preview screening that I went to yeah. was jam-packed. Okay. It was probably the, the second or third mm. busiest preview screening yeah, I've yeah. been to at Cineworld. Was it all cinephiles like me with little notepads and blazers and little goatees that they were stroking? No, what it was... Was, was Mark Kermode there? <laughs> No, 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 no. What it was, it was, uh, it was people that just like to enjoy themselves, man. It was like, you know what, I'm going to go and have a bit of fun. Okay. And then they, they went and had a bit of fun and everyone seemed to enjoy it. It's quite nice. Yeah, not, not my people. Yeah, not you, mate. Not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the benefit of people who weren't at those preview screenings, can we just do a quick plot summary so that stuff we say later makes sense? It's funny you mentioned that, Rob, because I have I've written one here. You haven't had a chance to read it. I haven't. I am I am what scared. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> what I'm gonna need you to do yeah. is you start this one mm-hmm. because there are words that I am unable to pronounce in there. So Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. And for the benefit of those of you at home, we are about to go pretty in depth into the plot of this movie. But before we go into more spoilery bits later. After a heartfelt sales pitch from Nissan marketing exec, probable coke fiend Danny Moore, played by Orlando Bloom, to the motorsport division of Nissan, Nismo, 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 I found Nismo, the GT Academy is born into existence. The aim of the GT Academy is to recruit the best Gran Turismo players in the world and turn them into <laughs> real race car drivers. Danny, coked up exec, played by Orlando Bloom, mm-hmm. recruits Jack Salter, played by David Harbour of Stranger Things fame. Yeah. Also in the Hellboy that no one likes. Yeah. Uh, to head up to the camp and to run the team. <laughs> Jan Mardenborough, played by Archie Madeque, mm-hmm. a teenage college dropout from Cardiff, Wales, is an obsessive gra- Wales. Wales. Uh, an obsessive Gran Turismo player, Wales. much to the dismay of his confusing ex professional footballer father. Steven, played by Jimon Honzu. <laughs> I mean, sure. The trick is, Ben, you just say it confidently and know if you're wrong, 700 <laughs> people will tell you on TikTok for about five weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah that's fine. This is why I left it to you, man. I'm like, that's a fucking Cheers, minefield. You can, Cheers. you can take that one. Just throwing me, throwing me onto that grenade, yeah? Grenade! Just pick me up and throw me on it. Nice. Listen, man, you and Blumkamp are in a race for best friend status, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Jan is entered into a live event race at his local gaming cafe that qualifies him for entry to the GT Academy. The night before the race, however, Jan's brother Kobe takes him to a party on the pier where Jan condescendingly <laughs> explains the difference between games and racing simulators to his crush rather yeah. than act like a normal person. <clears throat> so. This party ends... <laughs> 
Yeah. Hashtag not all men, yeah? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, this party ends with Jan getting into a little accident whilst driving his dad's car and a low-speed police chase. It's like three left turns. It is, yeah. But he escapes. He does. Arriving home, his already disappointed father, shockingly, is disappointed. Jan leaves his shift at the train yard where his father works in a rush to make the race event at a local cafe. After winning this race, obviously it's a film, and earning his place in the GT Academy camp, uh, as in the camp for GT Academy, he's not winning it in a camp manner. Uh, It's time to go be a pro driver, right? Enter Jack Salter. Many would like to. Jack is a failed race car driver himself and understands what it takes to be a professional driver. And these scrawny gamer kids just ain't got it, right? (sighs) That was terrible. You wrote it, prick. (laughs) The writing is pristine. The delivery. All right, George Lucas. (laughs) After a vigorous boot camp and a gauntlet of Nissan-based challenges, Jan finishes top of the class and earns a spot on the Nissan Nismo racing team. But to prove himself, he now needs to finish at least fourth in one of the qualifying races to get his professional driving license and be signed to Nissan permanently. Which he does, of course. <gasps> Shokara! <laughs> Unable to grasp the fourth place position early on, his final qualifying race is finally here. Last chance, last shot, mom's spaghetti, etc., etc. See? It's almost Parappa the Rapper slash 8 Mile, Rob. It's almost Parappa the Rapper, yeah. I'm, it's yeah, almost yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. I'm trying to make the links, If Eminem's see? Parappa the Rapper, who is the absolute legend off stage with the PlayStation controller, just nailing it. Is it Jan? Jan Mardenbrook. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. Jan Mardenbrook. It's Jan Mardenbrook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After a very near miss with his rival and Jack's former team, Jan finishes fourth place in Dubai and secures his license. Heading out to Tokyo to sign to Nissan officially, he flies Audrey. Remember the girl who didn't know the difference between a game and a racing sim? Yeah, yeah. She sings, she's the singing plant, right? From Little Shop of Horrors. Sure. No, 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 no. He's the one that he leans over at the party and is like scrolling through Andrew Tate videos. This guy makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. not far yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, it's not a game, it's a racing sim. <laughs> uh, he flies her out to the event, and I guess now she knows the difference between a game and a racing sim. Jan feels comfortable enough to finally start a relationship with her. Aww. 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 Even though it's never mentioned again, and this is all essentially filler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just so he can have a girl to get at the end. I mean, sure. It's not even at the end. It's like a third of the way through the film, but it's Jan's fine. first race after being signed is the Nürburgring, where he hits the ground running, holding a great position and racing incredibly well until disaster strikes and his car literally lifts off into the air, gets shit mixed by a barrier and is thrown into spectators. Uh, he wakes up in a hospital uh, to a worried Jack who's genuinely worried about him. He is genuinely yep. worried about him. He is. Uh, and, he is. and even more worried, Danny. Yeah. I've only just realized that there are two characters in this called Jack and Danny, and the Cockney rhyming <laughs> slang has only just occurred to me. Um, mm-hmm. And even more worried that Danny, who seems a bit more worried about the team being shut off, shut down, to be honest, uh, and whether it's socially acceptable to rack up a couple of lines in a hospital <laughs> cubicle. <laughs> I know the answer to that. The answer is no, but you can get away with it. You can. He learns that a spectator has lost their life during the crash. He wakes up in the hospital and his trainer and his boss are there. And his boss is like, oh, yeah, someone someone got hurt. Anyway, I, t- I just need the toilet. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just need the toilet. I'll be back. <laughs> Jan 
carrying the immense guilt of the bystander's death on his shoulders, is reluctant to return to the world of racing. When Jan has recovered a little, Jack takes him out to the track where the crash happened and tells the story of his own involvement in a fatal crash in which another driver had died and his retirement from racing altogether. Jack delivers possibly yeah. one of the most incredibly moving speeches ever delivered. It's a good scene. It, it has no right being as good as it is. has no right being as good as it, it is. It does belong in a different film. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the film turns for me. We'll get into it, but this is the moment where I was like, this is not a racing film. <laughs> Jack delivers an incredibly moving speech and gives Jan the confidence to finish his lap, mm. getting him behind the wheel before it's too late and the fear sets in. After an inquiry clears Jan of any wrongdoing, other teams have started a campaign to oust sim racers from the racing world. Sim racers. Sim racers. uh, Forcing Jack and Danny and Jan, uh, Jan's Jack and Danny, to prove themselves to the world by forming a sim racing team to compete and get a podium place at Le Mans 24-hour race. Recruiting two Mm -hmm. other racers from the GT Academy. Oh, old rivals turned teammates. Um, yes, Nismo head to Le Mans where after a long hard race you've written this very sexually they managed to secure mm. third place giving both Jack and Danny and Jan their redemption and changing the history of racing forever dum, dum, dum. to recap a sad boy with Elriz uses his PlayStation skills in a real whip and gets the Giat no cap the fuck does that even mean I didn't even know you'd written that. I've literally, this is the first time I've seen it. I don't understand. I understand PlayStation and a couple of other words, but what the yeah, fuck does that mean? That's the new slang, mate. That's the new slang. You've got to get down with the new slang. That's what the kids on TikTok are using. And uh, PogChamp, mate. Get PogChamp. Get, that's so upsetting to hear you say out loud. Like this, Those words coming out of your mouth. Blomkamp's my best friend. Yeah, okay, good, good. We'll see about that's, that. That's where we're at. Because I would, say, I would say that my use of gen, current gen slang... Mm-hmm. is as convincing as use of two-generation-old slang is in this film. <laughs> I mean, all right. Guys are like, all whatever, right, right. noob! And I'm like, ah. Oh. We'll come back to this because <laughs> you are exactly right. And it's it's yeah. some parts are painful. But I need to point out early on yes. that that isn't Blumkamp's fault. We can't blame Blumkamp for that. Right. Because Blumkamp didn't write this. Right. Jason Hall wrote this, mm-hmm. who also wrote American Sniper. Zach Balin, who wrote King Richard and Creed Three. He's had a great year. Yes. And Alex C, who wrote, who wrote Watchmen. Right. Okay. So they're they're to blame for the dialogue. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Blomkamp's captain of the ship, right? And he's just there he, grinding sure. it over rocks, just being like, "This is fine. This is totally fine." <laughs> and you just hear the ship going. <laughs> Because it's the dialogue is that jarring. Like the, I mean, some of it is not. Come on, there's like a small nuggets of jarring weird. Yeah, well, young what he does, what he does slang. is he does a great scene. He does a great scene, and you go, "Oh my god, mm. Blomkamp might be back," you know. And then someone goes, mm-hmm. "All right, noob, yeah, get rizzed, fuck boy." And I'm like, "No one says that. No yeah, one says I don't that. Think that's how people. That's talk. no one talks that's like not that. How people. No talk. one plays computer games like this. No, no. no. Speaking of computer games, though, bud." I think this film is mad misleading. Really? How come? Because it's not a video game movie. No. Everyone went into this <laughs> yeah. expecting a video game movie. Yeah. Look at Need for Speed, right? I mean, I've not seen that, Ben. Me neither. I played but I read Need- a little bit about it on Google. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's- Look at other video game movies. It is, it's the movie is set to the storyline of the video game, right? Yes. Okay. I've seen Super Mario Brothers and that is set within the fiction of the game. There you go. Right. 
Okay, so, so, so here's the thing. If you were going to set a film within the fiction of Gran Turismo, yes. a racing set... Okay, let's get Gran Turismo out of here. Yeah. I want you to pitch me, and mind your manners, because there are Americans watching, sure. I want you to pitch me Microsoft Flight Simulator, the movie. Um, okay. There is... A Microsoft Flight Simulator player who is so good at flying planes <laughs> that Microsoft start the Microsoft Flight Academy FS Academy to find the next pilot for British Airways. Uh huh. Richard Branson would one thousand percent do that. I'm surprised <laughs> he that he hasn't would. done it already. I'm surprised he hasn't done it already. Mm. So there's your movie. There's your movie. That is your movie. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But this is what I'm saying. This is based on a true story of an actual kid yeah, yeah. going from playing Gran Turismo in his bedroom yep. to racing in Le Mans 24 fucking hours using in like super powered cars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah going yeah. from this with a fucking games controller to driving, yeah. you know, fucking 200, 300 miles an hour around Le Mans is insane. It is insane. And the fact it's mm. based on a real true story yeah. got me more invested. If this was a fiction, right? I wouldn't have got past the first 20 minutes. Buddy, I would have been there and I'd have been like, it's a fucking racing game. It does what it is. You know what I mean? The first 20 minutes of this for me are mm. so difficult because Sony obviously said to Blomkamp, we need all of our advertising money in those first 20 mm. minutes. Because when this goes mm -hmm. to streaming, we don't, we've seen Demonic. We don't trust you. People might only get 20 minutes into this. So every single product placement needs to be in those first 20 minutes. Orlando Bloom's pitch when he goes to Nissan and talks about, we're going to do this GT Academy thing. It's like, he goes, have you heard of Gran Turismo? It's a racing game. So accurate. It's actually like <laughs> racing. Buy this game. People no longer love their cars. Kids get Ubers. People were nicer back in the old days. Wagon wheels used to be bigger. Buy this game. Freddos used to be 10p, but now they're a quid. <laughs> you last week, right? <laughs> no other game has the level of detail required to save Nissan. You should buy this mm -hmm. fucking game. Yeah. Like, it's just relentless. And then, you know, it cuts to Jan in his apartment. Okay. And he's got a, a massive TV. It's just got the Gran Turismo logo on there permanently. Well, no, because it's, it's the game that he's about to play because he's just, he's unboxing his, he's talking to his mate on headset. So he's got his console set up. He's got the game loaded up. Mm. And then he's about to go and race some guy named Rory. That's why it's on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's about to play a race with a guy called Rory who he's not talking to. He's just keeping in a lobby. Because Sony have clearly never played a PlayStation no, no, game no, before. No, 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 no. He's, <laughs> he's talking to the guy at the gaming cafe and Rory's at the gaming cafe. Right, okay, okay. See? It does make sense, but you have to watch this... Three times. ...with the love of Blomkamp <laughs> in your heart. Okay, right. For it to make sense. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first half of this movie is rough. The first... Okay, the first half of this movie is the misleading part. And you're right, yeah. it does feel like an advert. There's the whole family drama thing that's that's... Squeezed into the first twenty minutes. I yeah. listen. I know it's rough. Again, Blumkamp didn't write it. Just putting that one out there. Uh -huh. This is where we're operating. All right, we're looking at. Yeah, yeah. He just allowed it to happen. No, no, no. He just <laughs> he was just paid to sort of work around it. It was in there. Right. It was in a little bit, mm -hmm. and then he ca he cracked on with the rest of his stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So the family drama stuff. I don't feel like it lands because I don't Ooh. feel like. <laughs> It makes sense on a fundamental basic logic. No. Right? No, it doesn't. It's, and this really bothers me. It's because the fucking dad, buddy. It's in there to create false friction that can be resolved later. It's not legitimate friction. It's made redundant right? halfway through the film when Jack Salter 
and Jan bonding away. That's which quite is fatherly and paternal, yeah. And nurturing, and it's yeah. it's the it's the connection that Jan's been looking for, the guidance that Jan's been craving. Jack's there to give him, and Jack is also craving the same thing, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. And it's like, why is the dad? I forgot the dad was in it well, until he rocks up at the end and starts crying, and I'm like, okay. I think it is but the, the whole. Thing- it is there as a contrast, you know. It's that whole thing of like sure. the reason he identifies so much with Jack Salter is because we've seen how unsupportive his dad isn't. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't see his dad at all, you get the same impression. Yeah, I mean, much like our childhood. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, the dad's the dad's walking about the house, literally being sort of like, "I want you to get out of the house and do more and achieve something, and you know, just really live your life." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, Dad, I've won a contest and I'm being flown around the world by Nissan uh, yeah. to race cars for real." No, 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 son, not like that. Racing isn't for us. No. All right. Why don't you come and play football with me and your brother? That's much more suitable. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because I've got. There's a GTR race. Because I've got shit on. Like, yeah, there's yeah, eight yeah. races that I need to compete in at 200 miles an hour <laughs> to go and get my license. Why? Yeah. I don't want to come and fucking play football. What the shit? Well, Just give me a high five and I, wish me luck. You know what I mean? I think his dad's objecting to him staying in the house playing PlayStation at the time, at the start of the movie. Sure. But you you, sure. you are right. Like, it, it needs to be grittier. It needs to be... And it can't be because it's a real story, right? So you can't be like... Oh, just have the dad hit him about a bit because the real man would be like, but that's my dad and he didn't yeah. and you can't make a film yeah, saying yeah, yeah. my dad hit me. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst thing is as well though is that like the, the dynamic in the film is exaggerated from what actually happened. Like the right. dad came around to it much quicker. Right. Which if that was in the film, yeah. I would be sort of like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, makes, that makes a lot more sense. They, okay, they, cool. Did they interview the real driver? He's like, yeah, yeah, my dad was supportive by like lap two of my first PlayStation <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first yeah, PlayStation yeah. race. It's, He's like, "Oh, I get this." I hit pause. Said, "Dad, get out of my room," and he was on board. He was like, "You know what? This guy knows what he's on about." He paused this game. He was fucking bang on it. But it's the ending bit where he's like, "I should have supported you, better mm. It's like, "No shit, buddy. No shit, yeah. buddy. Your son is literally flying around the world racing supercars. Mm. What? Uh, why? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. We're not going to focus on the negative. That's my negative done and dusted out of the way, right? Is that your only it negative? It's based on a real thing. It's in, It would have affected Jan very differently from me and you. Right, yeah, yeah. Because our background is a little different. Our background's a little grittier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so this looks a little soft. Yeah, it's like Jan's like, oh, how? what was difficult about your childhood? Sometimes my dad asked me to turn the PlayStation off. Yeah, okay. Oh, really, mate? <laughs> oh. And that... that that affected him the yeah. same amount that, that our backgrounds affect me and you. And like yeah. we're in no fucking position to judge. You know what I mean? Because it's just it's just different than what we know. We've not podiumed at Le Mans, you know? We've not fucking come third at Le Mans, no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played Gran Turismo. I don't think you've ever come second. I don't think. Yeah, same. <laughs> I all, mate, it's fucking Talladega Nights, man. If you're not first, you're last. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> dodge, dodge the sex joke. Yeah. Uh, no, no, okay. no. I'm leaning into it. <laughs> You're grinding against That's the it. noise I make when I come. All right, okay. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last! <laughs> High five. You know what I mean? <laughs> the thing that annoyed me most about that, though, is not the differing background, not feeling soft. It's the workmanlike nature of the dialogue. It's that whole, like, you can't race cars, son. We are a family who have historically been but poor footballers with no resources for high ambition. <laughs> it's, it's very unlikely you'll be able to follow your dream of being a successful race car driver a dream that I do not approve of and have not since I moved to this country 20 years ago for your mother, who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it sort of cuts to like, I'm going to nerf you, gamer, when he's in the pit and I'll run your pit any day, noob. 
It's written. Do, yeah. do you know what we were talking about? Like that youth slang. It yeah. feels like the, they in the writing room. There was just Steve Buscemi with a skateboard yeah. propped on his back, being like, "Fellow kids." Yeah. It's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, mate, all- I think that would be like that would be too authentic with the slang. I think what they've done is they've they've hired someone mm-hmm. or something that has never heard slang before in their life. Yeah. They've briefly explained to them what it is <laughs> and then yeah, gone, yeah, yeah. you write the dialogue. <laughs> it's like somebody spent a couple minutes on TikTok typed slang in. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was written by an AI that's only aware of TikTok algorithms. Yeah, like. yeah. Chat GPT nature. fuck you dad exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point every i keep saying this every time neil blomkamp has impressed me with this film it will come in with a little bit of like teen speak teen speak Mm. i'm like mate i can defend i can defend the dad bit slightly right okay Mate, I can't defend the dialogue, but I can yeah, defend okay. why the reasoning that he's saying this yes, to his son is yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. we can't afford the race inside of stuff. Because I've done a little bit of research, Rob. Right, okay. Shock horror, right? I mean, I'm I am, old school. I'm... I've done it on pen and paper. Right. You ready to see what dyslexia looks like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to get into racing, you have to be go-karting mm-hmm. for at least a decade, right? To get right. to the top, like the top tier levels. So you have to start with karting. Start with karting. So if you're a working class kid, in order yes. to be a race car driver, you have to get so good at Mario Kart that Nintendo starts a Nintendo GT Academy. No, 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 no. And then you... Oh, okay. Nintendo won't do that. They can't afford 60 mil on a film. <laughs> um. <laughs> Cries in Mario Brothers. The go-kart in those 50 grand a year. Sorry. That's not including the car. That's not including the, the training. That's not including the, the racing suits and the get-ups and all that shit. Sorry, so you're saying that I work 40 hours a week yes, and I could be living for free just yes. on the income of one person deciding to not go go-karting? Yeah, you could be living very, very comfortably if someone if someone decided to not go go-karting. <laughs> Somebody's decided to go go-karting and I live now below the poverty line. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, 50 and grand a year for 10 years. Great. 50 grand a year for 10 years. Your, your licensing, the car, and all of that shit comes up to around 3K. And then after that, to get yourself into an actual team, like an actual car racing team, unless you're selected right. for like a talent scheme, a development type scheme, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you about £8 million to buy yourself in. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Do you know how much you make, though? Oh, it's going to be hundreds, surely. It's going to be like, to make that buy-in worth it, it's going to have to be like hundreds of mil, right? The average salary is 12 mil, but the advertising rights on these cars, mate, is disgusting. Right. I've gone deep into this, man. I was looking at advertising space on uh-huh. the side of cars, 1.7 million. It's, it's fucking insane. Weirdly, this bit I know about because... You have advertised your services on a Formula One car. Yes. This is how you met Schumacher, right? No, but I met um, mm. Christian Horner, head of Red Bull Racing. Oh, of course. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. I, being such a big sports fan, know who that is. Yay sports. I've never connected to, to Formula One at all, but the headphone company I worked for briefly, Iris Audio, uh, did the headphones between the pit crew and the drivers. And our job was to get the noise of the engine down so we could hear the communications more. Um, wow! And so they—that's actually sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that was my job. Did you do it? Yeah, of course. Ooh, all right. 
using AI. Blomkamp, yeah, Blomkamp would have wet himself. <laughs> he would have. He would have. He, that, that's the that's Chappy Two. That is Chappy Two. It's just a noise cancelling <laughs> algorithm by Iris Audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chappy Two. Now you're deaf. Yeah. So 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 David Harbour would have had our company logo on his headphones. David Harbour, by the that's way. That's amazing. David Harbour needs mm-hmm. to fire his agent. David Harbour doesn't need to fire his agent. He David- does need to fire his agent because Hellboy, Hellboy fell over like a child snapped its ankle whilst carrying an but ice cream. But it's fun and he was a fan of Hellboy. He's good as Hellboy, but it's not what people He's wanted. He's great as Hellboy. Everyone wanted Hellboy 3 with Ron Perlman and the studio heard that and went, great, but what about a reboot with a different actor? And it didn't matter how good David Harbour was. Yeah. We're toddlers and we want to go to the park and we don't care that it's 11pm. We're two. That's we fine. have no concept of time. That's fine. And so Hell- Hellboy reboot was like, absolutely not. So his agent messed up big time there and then his agent went, Sony are doing a two-hour advert for Gran Turismo. Do you want to be in it? And he was like, sure, who else is in it? And they're like, oh, famed charismatic actor Orlando Bloom and no one else you've ever heard of. Right. A, that's not true. The guy, Archie, was in Midsommar. Was he? Great movie. He was. He plays the British dude that's brought into the cult. You know the one that freaks out? There's the couple that freak out at the back when they jump off the cliff. That's Archie. Oh my God. Dude, I'm telling you, I didn't realize it either. I watched Midsommar last night by chance and it was, I was like, ah, <laughs> that fucking meme. You know? <laughs> the oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was that. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's in that, which is fucking great. And I'm going to argue here. I'm going to say that he doesn't need to fire his agent. I think his agent did a great job, right? Right. His agent understands what he likes. Right. David Harbour loves video games. He plays a lot of video games. He fucking adores them, right? He said about this film, he was like... Right. When I read the script, I was like, this doesn't make sense. How are you going to make a make a film out of Gran Turismo? It's a fucking racing game. And then he read it and was like, oh shit, it's a real life story of a gamer that went from playing this video game on his couch... Okay, yeah. ...to racing Le Mans 24-7. Yeah, okay. 24-7, 24 hours. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine it's just it's forever going <laughs> it's just a scale electrics where the kids wandered yeah, off yeah all the prisons are full what do you want to do I don't know Le Mans 24-7 <laughs> um, so I think <laughs> all the prisons <laughs> all the cars have got locks from the outside like they could just never I get out I love the idea that the, the UK government's decided it's cheaper mm. To put someone in a in a multi million pound supercar yeah. and make them race permanently. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> How many pit stops are you in for? Twenty five to life. <laughs> Harbour, you're saying he doesn't need to fire his agent, and I'm saying he does. Okay, everything that that man touches turns to gold. Right, everything. I don't care whether it's an awful movie with an awful premise. Mm. You can watch it with David Harbour in it, and I don't care who wrote the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't care who directed the yeah, film. Yeah. That man has a direct line to my emotional status. Uh-huh. I mean, Hellboy didn't turn to gold for the studio. It turned to fool's gold for the studio. That's the studio's problem. Okay. They, they knew that everyone wanted Hellboy 3. Yeah, yeah. And they, they knew that they wanted Ron Perlman as Hellboy 3, and they went, no. No, no, no. How about we give no. you something close enough to annoy you, but not enough of its own thing? His redemption arc in this film is what makes it for me. Like, without right. David Harbour in this film, I... There's no uh, film. The, there isn't There's no film. film. There's no, no film. No, no, he, no. he takes this film... Mm-hmm. And he makes it not only a beautiful, touching story of a former race car driver, a mm-hmm. retired race car driver after trauma. Yeah, yeah. Helping a new 
younger underdog right. battle his way to the top in a world that doesn't want him, doesn't mm-hmm. respect him, and doesn't need him. He's there to support him. Yeah, yeah. The entire way through. Not only is he doing that, he's also battling his own demons and coming to terms with his own yeah. past. And Yan has helped him get to the end of his yes. redemption story arc. And I think that that entire thing right there, mm-hmm. that segment of the movie, the second act and the third act, which is main, which is mainly just Yan and Jack. Yeah. Fucking mind lonely good. You see, I feel, I feel like I need to deprogram you. It feels like this is a kind of Scientology deprogramming moment, right? Sign me up. If it's a Church of David Harbour, sign me up. I feel like David Harbour's <laughs> character, Jack Salter, who isn't a real person, right? I, I remember he, he's an amalgamation of things. He is. I think Sony went... He's not a real person. We've made this film for young teenagers who play Gran Turismo mm-hmm. to feel like they've not wasted their lives, that maybe it could lead to something. Sure. But it's a good thing to spend your, your every evening doing. But we also are aware that there is a portion of this audience who are going to come with their parents... And their parents need someone to relate to. And so they they write the Jack Salter character <laughs> to be the, the audience surrogate of the grumpy parent who's there. Go, that's why Jimon Honsu's like, I don't get this game. Because then that's at the start. The parent's like, I don't get this game either. I wanted to go see Oppenheimer. Instead, we're watching Grand Fucking Turismo. And then there's the father going, oh, you kids with your computer games and your skibbity toilets. I don't get it. But then... Is he a 1950s journalist, or is he from Cardiff, Wales? Look here, see? Look here, see, you kids. <laughs> what the fuck? But then, when they swap him out, they swap him out, they do the old switcheroo, right, where they switch yeah. grumpy Jim Honzu out, and they switch in good-looking, yeah. salt and pepper hair David yes. Harbour that everyone likes because yes. he's a critical darling, yes. right? And yes. they give him some emotional meat on their bones, and they go, "Sure, he's bitter and jaded, and he doesn't get the kid. He doesn't like the kid. He thinks that this mm. is a bad thing. But by the end of right. the movie, he thinks it's a good thing. And I think you've seen that. You've seen that little bit of cynical, cynical marketing writing, and you've gone, oh, he's like me. I can't believe that you are claiming yeah. that this film is cynical with the most cynical insight <laughs> to this movie I've ever heard in my entire life. It's literally, yeah. for me... Uh-huh. I know, like, as someone that has a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. I'm working on my shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just going through the motions. I'm getting through day by day. I'm trying to work on my stuff. Yeah. There's no direct line, and there's no right or wrong way to get to where I need to be, but I'm trying, yeah. right? David Harbour in this film, Jack Salter, mm-hmm. is in the exact same position. He literally has no fucking clue. Yeah how to deal with the trauma that he experienced mm-hmm. on when he was racing Le Mans and he retired from racing completely and sort of was then ostracized to the, the yeah, yeah. outskirts. Like he was on the fringe of the racing industry and then works some way back in. I don't see that as like cynical writing. I see that as necessary plot to, yeah. to this film. Yeah. Because otherwise there's no film. Like I see it as, as people, they did the first bit and you're yeah, right. Yeah, it yeah. is a bit of an advert, right? A I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. agree with you on that. It is a bit of an advert and it's fine. Like I was all right with it. Yeah. Um, and then they needed, they needed something they to did. make this an actual story, to yes. take it from A to B to C. Because okay, Jan Mardenborough's yeah. actual real life story is, it's not too far, too far removed from is the it film. Not? It is a okay. little different. No, I mean he podiumed before Le Mans. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, in in real life, did he, he crash he in real third. life? Yeah, he did, but okay. it was it was after. Oh, okay. The uh, it was after the, his oh, okay. first race. That's, it was like okay. a, a couple, Was it a year? I think it was. 
I'm not sure exactly on the amount of time, okay. but some time had passed, and then the crash happened afterwards. Right, okay. Uh, and obviously in the movie, it's very much like hyped up. He mm-hmm. ends up in hospital and all this stuff. In real life, there's footage of him sitting outside of his car right. immediately after the crash, like freaking out, because obviously yeah. a spectator did unfortunately pass away Ooh, during that crash. Okay. All of that's true. All of right. it's true. Uh, the crash is almost... A shot for shot, like wow, okay, fucking identical. It was, it was, it's horrible to watch, right. mate. You can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> do you wanna? <laughs> yeah, down yeah, to you yeah, if yeah. you do or not. Yeah, I, I thought I wanted to, and then I watched it, and mm. I was like, oh fuck, that's real, man. Mm. Maybe this isn't as I don't like this research. Yeah, but the stories obviously needs to be dram- uh, dramatized a little bit, and I think bringing in the Jack Salter character, it just does it because Orlando Bloom in this film is essentially a fucking weird coke fiend. He is. Why he chose that direction for this character, I've got no clue. Because it's based on a it's based on a guy called Darren. Come on, research. Come on, dyslexia brain. You got this. Darren Cox. Darren Cox. Yeah, he does. He is the real person that okay. uh, Danny Moore is based on. Right, okay. And he is nothing like Danny Moore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's yeah. nothing like him whatsoever. There's moments in this film where Orlando Bloom is visibly gurning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Makes the weirdest acting choices of his career. I don't know why Orlando Bloom's gone for a weird sort of breathy northern. He's like, my, it, my yeah. name's Orlando Bloom. I smoke 70 Marlboro cigarettes a day. <laughs> Jack, these kids can do it, mate. Yeah. They can do it. I don't know where he's got that do from. We want, do we want Matty or do we want Jan? Because Jan's shit in interviews, isn't he? I feel like Orlando Bloom <laughs> thought he was auditioning for Bo Selector. <coughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> A, I wish he was, because that would be a fucking... That's the crossover we all need. B, that's a very UK reference. <laughs> it is, but it's fucking incredible, because that's... that's <laughs> you know what I mean? No one tells you you're living in the glory days until they're past. You know? <laughs> they're long gone now. <laughs> Do you want to know what really sold the racing for me? Go on. It is almost all real. What? There's there's next to no CGI in it. Sorry, when sorry, sorry. Are we talking about Gran Turismo? Gran Turismo, when they're racing around the tracks yep. at 150, 160 miles an hour, yeah. it is as close to real race speeds as possible. Blomkamp was adamant that he what? wanted to film. He wanted to film actors in real race cars right. going real fucking fast yeah. to capture the tension. I and was, he absolutely, nail, absolutely nails it. I was sure it was CGI because, I mean, Gran Turismo itself is a game. Like The, the graphics are, are pretty photorealistic to begin with. So I thought... Yeah, 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 it's not hard for them to just up those assets up. Do you know what Plus, I mean? Up the poly count, yeah. and and before you know it, it, you've got all the CGI you need. Didn't realize. Wait, yeah, yeah. So how did they get the shots of like the guys in the cars? So here's a fun one for you. Right, they built custom compartments on the top of real race cars. What? That had the actual driver. No. On, with controls controlling no. the actual car, and they no. had the actors in the driver's seat with essentially fake. Steering wheels. That is insane. It's mental that they were going 150, 160 yeah. miles an hour yeah. on in a box on top of a fucking race car. That's insane. Everything you see, the the ridiculous speeds, mm-hmm. the crashes, all of it is is done in camera. No CGI's. Okay, that is insane. And it's and insane, hats right? Hats off to him. Hats off to him. Those scenes are Blomkamp, baby. Those scenes work really well. You know, like I, yeah, I'm incredibly. not in, as as I said earlier in the episode, I'm not into racing. Same. I used to work at a place that did the audio. We had the logo on the on the headphones, right? Yep. They'd come in in the morning. They'd be like, "Did you watch the race?" I'm like, "Did Johnny Wilkinson score a birdie 
and they're like, that's yeah. both wrong sports. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, no, no. You guys yeah, yeah. can tell I, can't, I didn't watch the race. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only times not. I've come close to caring are Ford versus Ferrari, which is genuinely great film, like a favourite of mine when it comes to like sort of biopic films. Great film. Rush is really, really good. I love Rush. I've not seen Rush. Oh, mate, it's great. You should check it out. Okay. And then there were flashes of that in this. And every time it got good, mm-hmm. there was like a scene with a flashback that was unnecessary where oh, in God. one of the movie, he takes a wider line and his dad's like, I don't understand why you do it that way. Yeah. And then it gets to the exact same corner yeah, 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 of, yeah, yeah. The, of the racetrack, but this time it's for real. And your yeah. brain goes... This is where he's going to take the wider line. But just yeah, in yeah, case yeah. you forgot, they do a flashback and I'm like, that's so unnecessary. Yeah, it's but again, it's for younger audience who play Gran Turismo. If this yeah. is it's like their first yeah. sports film. You know what I mean? It, and and as a first sports film, it works really, really well. It does work really well. It does work incredibly well. Now, Rob, I need to ask you the uh, the almighty question. Well, now I'm intrigued. Ask the almighty question. Is Blomkamp forgiven for demonic? Absolutely. What is not. your Absolutely what's your wrap up for Blomkamp? Give me your right. give me your wrap up from District Nine through the story. Give me the chapter you recaps. You can't be forgiven for demonic. It's fine. Like everyone shits themselves occasionally. Yeah. Don't pull your trousers down and show everyone. Right. Demonic should have stayed. Disagree. Just in his trousers. Okay. He it's my favorite thing to see. Pull his trousers around. Just being like, look at my poo poo. No, yeah. Blomkamp. Monkeys do that at the zoo all the time. They throw the shit at the windows. It's hilarious. It's my favourite thing to look okay. at at the zoo. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this is why I love Blomkamp. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to think that might be it. Um, I think this film made me realise that I have been a bit unfair on Blomkamp. Okay. District 9, for me, is close to a perfect film. Yeah. And when, when you suggested the series, I was so excited because I was like, yeah, Same. there's District 9 and there's Elysium yeah. and there's Chappie and I've not seen those yeah. since they came out, but I remember them being good. Okay. And as I went through the series and we analysed each film piece by piece, I realised I don't think I do love Blomkamp. I think I love District 9, and the reason I love District 9 is because it was a team effort. Peter Jackson was heavily involved. He was. You had the best of the best, all helping Blomkamp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets big money, he gets a big cast, he gets a bit scared. Mm. And he releases Elysium, and it's not really for anyone. It's a little bit 2D, it's a little bit thin. Great world building, but... Very, very much like you have to do a lot of the work yourself. Okay. And when that doesn't when that doesn't do well, he does Chappie, which is a film just for him. And guess who likes yeah. it? Yeah. Just him and you. <laughs> right? uh, there's a few of us. There's, there's a, few a few of, of you, us, right? Yeah. I feel like I need to let go of the expectations around Blomkamp. I was I was hoping he was going to be the next Ridley Scott. I was hoping he was going to be a great auteur director, and I don't think Got he you. is an auteur director. But I think it's unfair to say to somebody you got incredibly lucky out of the gate you made one of those unicorn movies do it again and when they can't be disappointed at them that should be the norm yeah this is only his fifth film and exactly. i feel like he need if he just given a bit of time bit of development he will yeah, be brilliant yeah. like i said earlier in the episode yeah my little palace of blomkamp is incredible has crumbled but i i think i think there's a there's a ray of light i do think there's a ray of light Shining through to towards a future where I can enjoy Blomkamp. This is a this is a solid six point nine. It's not quite a seven, okay, but it okay. is there. How about you, man? How would you wrap up Neil Blomkamp as a director? Well, for me, he is forgiven for demonic. Uh, demonic took a lot of work to enjoy, and I feel like it really did. His other films took me a lot less work. They gave mm-hmm. they gave me more homework, but I still enjoyed the movies for what they were. 
Gran Turismo came out. I didn't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I was excited because I was like, maybe he's back, but yeah. maybe it's a shit video game movie. Yeah. And for me, this is Blomkamp's redemption. Mm-hmm. This is Blomkamp's movie act- describing his entire career to us. Right. How so? You So you go from District 9, right? Yeah. Which is where he has he's won... GT Academy, mm-hmm. Nissan are putting him in the yeah, first yeah. eight races, right? He hits the ground running with Elysium and he starts switching it up and it's more, it's less of a broad stroke and it's more geared towards his own artistic vision. Yes, whilst also saying nothing, but I, I hear you. This is your take. Go ahead. Yeah, he guides the conversation rather than dictates it, mm-hmm. which is what I love personally. It's why I love him. And then with Chappie, it's much more his artistic direction uh, to a point of where he's like, that's my perfect movie. And mm-hmm. I would agree with him. That's that's a perfect movie for Blomkamp because it's it's everything encompassed in one little bubble. You get the conversation and the ideas given to you. You're guided to them. If you want to look into them a little more, you can. If you just want a great movie, uh, that's also just there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> then Demonic, right? Demonic uh-huh. is like where he hasn't placed fourth in the yeah. first seven races. Oh, it's no, no, his no. Nürburgring. It's, it's, it's past that. It's right. his crash. Yeah, he's, he's done... Yeah, it's his Nürburgring. He's he's, he kills the he's, spectators. He's, he's getting back up, and now everyone's against him. Because like you said, there's an expectation now mm-hmm. from the audience to be sort of like, you did District 9, yeah. and I really enjoyed that. So you need to do that again yeah. every single time, over and over and over, because I that's what mm-hmm. I expect from you. Yeah. And it's a similar thing to the other racers uh, trying to kick Yan out of the, yeah. the, the no racing world races. by saying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, it's that... And then this film comes out, bud. And everyone's like, oh, it's Blomkamp. It's, mm-hmm. it's a video game movie. It's this, yeah. that, and the other. Boom, it hits the cinema screens. Everyone's like, this isn't about Gran Turismo. It's about Jan Mardenborough. Mm-hmm. It's fucking incredible action racing movie. It's got a heart. It's got a soul. Mm-hmm. It's got David fucking Harbour. And now he's like, he's placed third at Le Mans. Yes. He secured his spot back in the in the racing world. Do you know what I mean? This film yeah. is like This is Neil Blomkamp. This is Neil Blomkamp coming back after a big crash and placing Exactly. <laughs> He's finishing his lap, buddy. He finished yeah, his okay. fucking lap. Mate, it's redemption arc. There's three redemption okay. arcs in this film. Jack Saltz, Jan Mardenbrus, Neil Blomkamp's. Fucking incredible. Do you want to play a game? I would love to play a game. Do we have a game this week? Oh, yes, we do, buddy. Our game Ooh. this week is Sloppy Synopsis. It was a birthday present Ooh. from Adam Smart. Love you, buddy. Thank you very much. So you got some Sloppy Synopsis from Adam Smart? Oh, hell yes, I did. <laughs> That's a birthday treat. All for the birthday. <laughs> right, uh, brief sum up of this game. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. a synopsis, which yep. describes the film, and yes. it is sloppy. Okay, yeah. Deal. deal. No right, deal. Ready? I've got five. Okay, nice. But we're going to make this snappy. All right, snappy, sloppy synopsis. Snappy, sloppy synopsis. Dyslexic's nightmare. Ready? French peasant girl suffers Stockholm syndrome at the hands of a hairy brute. Oh, um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beasts. Uh, Okay. A nightclub singer gives up her bad habits and takes on a new one. This could be multiple. Last night in Soho. No. Do you want a hint? Oh, yeah. Witness protection sucks. A nightclub singer gives Do you up. Want another her hint? Yeah, convent life is hard. 
Oh, um, Sister Act. Yeah, buddy. Never seen it. <laughs> Whippy Goldblum. Oh, Whippy Goldblum, yeah. Whippy Goldblum. Right, you ready? Uh, man recruited by secret police force to kill a cockroach. Man recruited by secret... Oh, um, Men in Black. Men in Black. Men in Black, Men in Black. buddy. Yeah, Do you yeah, know the yeah. clue for that is it's also a Marvel comic? That was the clue. That's, that's if anything, weird trivia that no yeah, one right? knows. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, little people trusted with expensive jewellery, tragic results. Uh, Hobbit. No, um, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. There it is, buddy. Four for four at the minute, mate. Doing well. <sighs> this one, though. Yeah. This one might get you. Right. Man must complete pottery class with wife before getting into heaven. Ghost. Ghost. Of course ghost. it is. Mate. Of course it is. Easy, buddy. Bud. And that was sloppy synopsis. Snappy sloppy synopsis. Snappy <laughs> sloppy synopsis. I got a question for you, Ben. Yeah. What do you rate Gran Turismo? Uh, I'm going to give it a. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Ooh, I'm going to give okay. it a seven. It's a fucking after the first little bit and the sort of the the forced family mm-hmm. stuff. It is it is a banging racing film, like banging racing okay. film. Okay. Um, ah. The action sequences are great. I think the writing's yeah, yeah. a little questionable, but I'm not going to blame Blamkamp for that. Yeah, because we can't rob because it's not his fault. You uh, just, just allowed it to happen. Yeah, no, he just worked with it. He worked with what he was given. You know what I mean? Uh huh. He's back in the big leads, man. He needed to podium at Le Mans. He had to. He had to work with what he had. You know what I mean? He came in third. He did come in third. He did, uh, man. He did it. I came second. <laughs> First time in your life. I Yay. would say this is. This is a five, five point five. Okay, it's it's that's not too bad. Just time for comic corner. Yes, please. Double buddy. length this week. So, uh, for those of you new around here, we like to spend a little bit of time at the end of every episode, just sort of picking and choosing the best of the best. Yeah, of our socials comments on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Now, YouTube. Uh, and last week we said we would do only the comments on Iron Man, which we pushed last last week. So yeah, we shall. You go first, buddy. Okay. Give us one. Give okay. us one. Okay. So, uh, Ruel Smith, eighty-three, said, "Let's go." Uh, shout out <laughs> to good. the <laughs> shout out to the WE boys. Um, <laughs> I was going to pick sound, this one. <laughs> uh, sounds it makes us sound like wrestlers, which I'm happy with. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did have wrestler names, didn't we? And we've we'll have to go back and find out what yeah, our I wrestling can't names what was. They were. That was a long um, time ago, man. They were quite good, though, if I remember. But Rule Smith, thank you very much, buddy. Shout out to the EWE boys. Hell yeah. Spelt with a Z. That makes it super cool. Uh, I've Wait, got one from John Drew, which was our first ever YouTube comment ever. And it just Go says, on, first. And it, I mean, then, come on, yeah. He says, wow, how sad am I to act like a teenager at the the age of 41? Well, listen here, buddy. You do Pretty sad. You do you. I don't think it's that sad at all. I think you you fly that teenager fucking flag, buddy. It's pretty sad, mate. Don't listen to Bob. Cynical as shit. He can't have fun with everything. But you, mate, you can have fun with it. And you know what? I love you for it. Let's go. Love you really, John. First! Um, (laughs) Now, the snappily titled... User hyphen QM7PP7CL5F mm. said... Rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, imagine if that's their birth name. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of Elon's kids. His dad was a HP inkjet printer. <laughs> <laughs> Love the idea of Iron Man queuing at passport control because he's violating airspace and they confiscated his thrusters. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. What the fuck? Right. 
That's I just incredible. Replied, I just replied with, <laughs> do you have anything metal in your pockets? And him just being like, they are metal. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, I've got one here from Evelon. Evilon. Evilon. Hell yeah, boys. Also, hope you had a great birthday, Ben. Go get that sweet, sweet Duke money. Heavy we line. need Thank to stop so referencing. Much. We need to stop referencing the card game Coup because there are those that have played it, and then there's the rest of the human population that uh, need to play it. Have not, yeah, they do need to play it. At the moment, yeah. there's about twelve of us. They need to uh, play it. <laughs> get down to the boardroom gaming cafe in Telford. Play mm-hmm. some Coup. Eat some cake. Telling you yep. it's worth it. Thousand percent worth it, buddy. Thousand percent worth it. But thank you for the birthday wishes. I had a fantastic birthday. Lovely. Lovely. Benjamin Gentile, uh, 1660, says, Cheers to you both. Good to see my two close friends with whom I check in every week. I hope you're doing better by next week. Oh, Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm working on it. <laughs> We're getting there. He's getting there. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Uh, and Ross, 88 Grant, said, First, oh, wait, fucking time dilation. Oh, yeah, that um, was like... Isn't that like a couple days after? Yeah. That is actually like a day later. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 Wow. And it's not even because they're in a different territory. They are in the UK. I just said it's because they're so close to London <laughs> that the amount of money has changed gravity. Well, Ross, you gave it a try and that's what matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and Thomas O'Malley, 6320, just went, yeah. Okay. JJ Sol one Las Vegas in the house. There we go. That's, that's go. Comment Corner for this week. There we go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, if you want to get involved with Comment Corner, find any of our social media. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We have a Discord where you can chat to us. Um, but essentially, commenting on anything uh, will directly buzz our pockets. You can abuse us at any point in our day. You can just write whatever you like, mm. and our phones will buzz, and we'll read your words. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go for it. You might even make it onto the show. Unfortunately, that's all the time we've got this week. Thank you so fucking much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. We really do it appreciate really you hanging out with us, spending some time with us. It means the fucking world to us. It does. And uh, I, a lot of you have been getting in touch, hoping I'm okay. I am okay. It's just I'm, I'm working on it. Mm. Um, join us next week where we'll be back on our MCU trail, trying to figure out what the hell happened to cinema and why Disney owns 75% of it now, uh, when we cover The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> In the meantime, I'm going to just do what society always does and tell you to consume. But uh, while I do that, Ben is going to wrap up the sort of themes mm-hmm. um, and thoughts that this film has given him into a nice little inspirational, motivational moment. Yeah. So thank you for spending an hour of your time with us I've, at the start of your week. I've prepped this week as well. So I'm, I'm ready. It's less go. fun when you prep. I like seeing you. I mean, I stumble. say I prepped. It's a cop out, but I've prepped. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you get on with that, and I'll just tell everyone to consume. I've copped out on this one because it is. I'm just taking David Harbour's speech from Gran Turismo movie. Ready? It's not about the fuck ups you make. Everyone fucks up all the time. It's how you deal with it. Don't let whatever mistake. Don't let whatever mistake you're mulling over define you. Let the bounce back show the world who you really are. We fucking love you. Get back behind the wheel. Finish your lap, buddy. Place third at Le Mans. Or just, I don't know, whatever it is you face. <sighs>